Hello, friends, neighbors, enemies, co-workers, and uh, guys named Steve. This is the next episode of the Just One More Thing podcast, and today I have a, or tonight, whatever you want to call it, I have a special guest, my friend, my longtime friend. How long do we go back? 20, 25 years? 26 yeah, years? Yeah, coming, yeah, just probably over 20. Um, Chavez. And, uh, you know, we've been, him and I have been talking about doing a podcast together. We started working on one, then it didn't pan out. And I started this one and we've been talking about getting him on. And now here we are. And it's finally happening. The stars have aligned. It's a full moon. The, uh, the McButter Pounder with cheese mm. is back on the menu. Mm. <laughs> I want some of that. Um, not much going on in the world these days, huh? It depends on who you are. I guess uh, <laughs> my life hasn't been terribly exciting. No? I don't think so. Mm. I've been reading about your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, Point it out, because this is some fantastic stuff I've been seeing. Yes. I'm just going to make one small adjustment. There we go. There we, all right. My fault. No, that's okay. Uh, so a few weeks ago, um, I recorded a podcast episode, um, you know, talking about my favorite Instapot recipes mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what's the deal with airline food. Yeah. And also may or may not have mentioned some things about a certain theater. Which theater was that? Uh, you know. Uh, the Lollipop one? Uh, the Racine Theater Guild. The Lollipop Guild. Um, and uh, in that episode, I mentioned some things about my history and actually talked about all of my history, sort of an abridged version. And I may have mentioned some names of people mm -hmm. um, that have been sort of at the heart of some of my problems or some of the problems, rather. And... Um, it apparently was not very well received by them. Mm. So I want to address a couple of those things. And first of all, um, Chavez is very well aware of all the things that have happened. Him and I talk on a regular basis. We're good friends. Um, he's also seen a lot of the posts and a lot of the comments on the posts and a lot of the, you know, the conjecture. So, you know, he is as qualified to... Uh, speak about this as anybody else is as far as I'm concerned um, whether or not he chooses to is up to him but um, he's here nonetheless so um, I did the episode and I want to go back to because um, first of all the episode was very very long and the reason for that is because I did it in one take and that's how long it took to talk about all the things that I needed to talk about I didn't edit anything I didn't cut out pauses I didn't cut out dead space I did it all in one take and um there were some people who complained, oh, it's too long. Okay, well, there's no rule that says that you have to listen to it all at once exactly. and that if you don't, you can't go back and listen to it ever again. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that it was long, but some of you go on TikTok for hours at a time and accomplish nothing because that's what TikTok is. So, right. you know, I could chop it up into four one-hour episodes. I didn't want to do that. You know, if you can't listen to it all at once, pause it and come back to it mm -hmm. later. 
It's up to you. But if you're going to be one of the people who complains about the podcast and the things that I said and you don't listen to it and you have, you know, commentary, then I don't know what to tell you. First of all, how do you have commentary about a podcast that you didn't listen to? Right. You didn't, you know, you don't have to listen to it, but if you want to talk about it, shouldn't you listen to it? Mm-hmm. Um, also, for those of you out there who, as I said, prefacing the podcast and, you know, in the blurb, um, I mentioned the names of people that you know or may know or have heard of, and I was going to shine a different light on them, and it wasn't going to be a good light necessarily, but I, I gave you the warning nonetheless. And you may not agree with the things that I said. You may not like the things that I said, but that doesn't mean that the things that I said didn't happen, and it also doesn't mean that um, the things that I said aren't true. Right. If you choose to be friends with these people or associate with these people, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But you don't, you don't have to um, like what I said. That's your right. You can have whatever opinion you want to, but that doesn't mean it's not true, what I said. <clears throat> and the people who are like, I'm so, you know, you're so, I can't believe you. I, I applaud you for telling your truth. It's not my truth. It's the truth. <laughs> That's plain and simple. It's the truth. <clears throat> and there have been some people who, you know, have, I would say that I have not heard personally, to my face anyway, or in my inbox, anyone coming to me saying that they didn't like it, or that it wasn't true, or that they had a problem with it. No one has, I haven't gotten any negative feedback in person, or directly. I've gotten negative feedback indirectly. You know, Johnny told, Stacy told, Michael told Anthony, and then they told me. Um, I've gotten plenty of that, but nobody has come to me directly to say, I didn't like what you said. Now, it's fine. Um, again, I'm not, I didn't record it to make friends or lose friends, and God knows I've, I've lost a lot of friends on Facebook over it, but I didn't lose any sleep over it, and I personally don't care. Um, as I said in that podcast, if, if your status in a theater or a role in a show or something backstage is more important to you than your dignity, then I feel bad for you. I do. And that's fine. I don't care. I really don't. Um, I will continue to support the people that I know and respect and admire and love that still do theater at the Racine Theater Guild. My, my problem is not with 98% of the people that go there. A lot of people, you know, were talking about that some of my posts were attacking all of the members and all the volunteers and blah, blah, blah. And that's not the case. Um, and that's a lazy way of, of addressing things. It's also, um, I think, sort of a stupid way to get people to try to turn people against me. Like, how dare you attack all these people and their hard work? It's not what I was doing. Not what I was doing at all. And I called out most of the people um, that I had an issue with. There's more. Trust me, there's more. And I forgot some stuff. Um, so a couple things I want to mention. Um, one of the people that I mentioned, Mona. <laughs> Mona Lewis, for those of you who know her. Um, and whether or not Mona listens to this, I don't care. Um, I was told very, very 
Um, very, very soon after I dropped the podcast episode that um, Mona and Doug were told by someone who listened to the episode what I said, whether they said everything that I said or gave them the, the Cliff's Notes. They gave uh, them their truth. Right. Yeah. They spoke their truth about my truth. Right. Nonsense. And they basically said, well, it doesn't matter. We're not going to listen to it. Well, guess what? You're going to listen to it. <laughs> and the reason you're going to listen to it is you're either going to listen to it in secret because you want to know what I have to say, or all of the people who have been feeding you all of the stuff that I've been saying uh, on social media through podcasts are going to tell you. So you're going to listen to it, whether you want to or not. Mm. And I don't care. I don't. <clears throat> so Mona, um, and this is something I forgot to mention during the first episode, but I'm going to mention it now because it's still happening. After I, essentially after I um, left the theater guild in whatever fashion you want to call it. Excuse me, I have to get some water. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's bad etiquette, but I'm thirsty. Um, after I left the theater guild in whatever fashion, and then I sent that email to Doug, which I read on the, that last podcast. Um, I called out Mona in that, in that email, and she responded. But then as I'm doing other stuff at other theaters um, and enjoying myself and making new friends and feeling that sense of whoops, that sense of uh, belonging and appreciation that I um, felt like I was lacking at the Theater Guild, um, Mona was going around telling people that were coming to support my shows and still are my friends because they're not um, you know, playing the politics. She was basically telling them that they shouldn't come support my shows. Hmm. She can't believe that they're still coming to support my shows. She can't believe that they're still talking to me. And in some cases was telling people, if you go to see any of his shows, I lose all respect for you. How old is this lady? Say what? How old is this lady? How old? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. If I had to guess, uh, she's in her 60s. Okay, so this is an adult woman. Right, this is an adult woman. Okay. so the, If I had to guess her age... I'd say in her 60s. Okay. If I had to guess her age based on her um, maturity and how she's been comporting herself, I'd say she's about seven. Easy. Easily seven. <clears throat> wow. But so she's basically become more of a leathery sack of piss and wind than mm. she normally is, a blowhard that mm. she normally is, <clears throat> trying to say things that, oh, what I said wasn't true or, you know, I have no... Uh, I have no uh, proof, that kind of thing. And it's funny because she's gotten to the point now where she's going from person to person that she thinks might have told me and is accusing them of telling me things that I never talked to this person about any of this stuff. Guilt will make people do that. Sure. And, you know, I, I, uh, I extended an open invitation, which still stands, to everybody that I named on the podcast or anyone who feels like they want to, to come on and defend themselves or explain their actions or give um, their side of the story. Yeah, dialogue. dialogue. Yep. Yeah. And not one person has said, hey, I'll take you up on that. Mm -hmm. Not one person has said, you know what, Norgie? 
you're right. I apologize. I'm sorry. Let's talk about this. Let's work this out. None of, none of them. None of them. So, you know, if you want to go around flapping your gums about me, that's fine. But don't think that I'm just going to be like, yeah, okay, I won't say anything. Right. I don't care. I really don't. And I also know, because I found this out, that um, certain members of the board of directors are being told indirectly or directly that they shouldn't be uh, they shouldn't be participating in or reacting to or uh, engaging in any of the posts that I make regarding the theater guild, um, especially in a negative light. Hmm. That's how petty mm-hmm. it's gotten. They, they've had plenty of opportunities, plenty of time to address this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that many of the people on the board, not many, but a handful of people from the board of directors that were there during all of this have fallen off, whether by resigning or their terms have come up or whatever the case may be. I know that Steen Sanderhoff, who was the president, is no longer the president. I know that Mona is no longer officially a board member. And that's fine, except that that doesn't mean that the shit that some people pulled doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. and that I'm not going to address it anymore. It's still going to happen. But again, nobody nobody from their side has said anything to me. Not one person. Not one. I got the two emails from Doug, the first removing me from, you know, being the PSM of Sweeney Todd, the second telling me that, uh, you know, I'm no longer on the committee for uh, the uh, Volunteer of the Year, the Mac Award Committee, which, again, fine, whatever. I wasn't going to go anyway. I wasn't like, oh, all this shit has been happening. I better go to the... No, I wasn't going to do it. But he still had to get that pot shot in there. And that's fine. Um, And I also know that, you know, the timing of when he sent that email was deliberate. Um, And, you know, that's fine if he doesn't want to address it directly. Like I said on that podcast, um, Doug is a coward. (laughs) He's an internet tough guy. That's, that's what he is. I've, 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 I've come to him at least twice to have a, and a conversation about the way that he talks to me in email, firing off one of those, you know, nasty grams. I like to call them. Um, where he talks about how disappointed he is and how my commitment to the theater guild is not what it used to be and blah, 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 and how I'm disrespectful. But when I go to his office, it's him sitting there cowering and doing what he does when he's uncomfortable, which is uh, running his fingers through his hair and his face turns red. You know? I've given you... I gave you a lot of... Uh, a lot of flexibility. I gave you a lot of time. I gave you a lot of um, benefit of the doubt because despite the fact that you have said and done some shitty things to me, um, I always looked up to you as maybe even a father figure. I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I always admired you. And then there would be, uh, what do you call it? There would be uh, periods of everything's okay, and then it would come crashing down. And then I'd come back. And then things would come crashing down. And then I'd come back. And there was always that, oh, well, you know, RTG is family, and sometimes families say things, and blah, 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 and we fight, and blah, blah, blah. Cool. 
Look, man, this is it's this is what um dysfunctional families do. This isn't this isn't like um a traditional family. So it, it's hard for me to hear you say that you look to him as a father figure because this is what abusive fathers do. You know what I mean? Like the the build up to tear somebody down, whether it's intentional or not. I don't I don't know him that like that. I don't know him that well. Um but it it's um uh, it's sad that that a man that you looked up to um that had i would say he had your heart in his hand that's you know fair. what, you know what i mean um uh but for some reason this that kind of relationship makes sense to him if i if you know what i mean yeah and and i'm not i'm not so foolish to think that like oh I'm the only person on planet Earth that you have to deal with, or I'm the only person on planet Earth that you have to think about. And, you know, I'm not stupid. Obviously, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces in any community theater, but this one has a huge volunteer base, and this one has a huge membership base, and I understand that. Um, I never asked to be catered to. I never asked to be, you know, given preferential treatment. I never asked for any of that shit. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I asked for, you know, sort of leading up to this... Uh, this brouhaha, mm-hmm. if I can invoke a little French, <laughs> um, was, you know, some respect, some mm-hmm. decorum, some, some, you know, some um, democracy, and I couldn't get that. But it, it seems to me, it feels like it's a, um, he's getting too big for his bridges kind of thing, and it, was to, it felt like it was to take you down a notch, you know, I mean... Yeah, and... But this is just my feeling. I, and that's I fine. Like, you... As an outsider looking in, obviously, you're going to feel the way that you feel. And I don't, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm not saying I agree with you um, because it's your opinion. Um, it's just, it's really hard because even to this day, despite, despite the fact that I'm angry about it, um, I don't like talking about these things. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, I was still there for 18 years. This is like a really bad divorce or mm-hmm. breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still love there. There's still... There's still admiration there. There's still feelings there, you know? And I'm very proud of the work that I did. Um, Very proud. I worked very hard, um, especially at the end, when I became more involved backstage and I was, you know, involved with all of the shows and doing sound design and doing this and doing that. Like, I'm very proud of that stuff Um, and the bonds that I formed and the fact that I felt like I was contributing more. Mm I will that they, that can't be taken away from me. Taking me off of the Mac Award committee, you, you you know that's fine. It's shitty that you did that. That's never ever happened before. Um, but I know that you did it because you felt like that was going to have a profound effect on me. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm. Take the award and shove it up your ass for all I care. <laughs> I don't. But you can't take it away from me. Or take me off of the list of Mac Award winners. That's fine too. I don't care. That's not what this is about. This isn't about that. This isn't about a role in a show. This isn't about a role I didn't get, a role I did get. It's not. It's about human decency and the fact that for um, a long time, I put up with a lot of shit. And I'm not the only one. Let me just be clear about that. I'm not the only person in the history of the Theater Guild who has had to deal with nonsense. And God knows there's plenty of people. And I can show you all of the... The text messages and, and Facebook messages and emails that I've gotten from people who are like, hey, good for you. As a matter of fact, 
my biggest episode, and I'm, you know, admittedly, I've, when I started this podcast, I'm, you know, even still to this day, this is episode six, right? And if I were smart about it, I would record a bunch of episodes ahead of time and then release them whenever I wanted to mm-hmm. release them. That's mm-hmm. not what I did. I, <laughs> I record an episode and then I put it on the internet and release it. That's how I've been doing it. And I should change that, but whatever. My biggest episode was the episode I did with um, my friend Matt, which was I, I believe was episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, may have may have even been episode three. I don't remember. There's so many episodes I can't remember. <laughs> 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 all six of them, or all five of them. And that episode, because the 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 hosting site that I use to to release my podcast to the world um, tells me the analytics, the numbers, the streams, the downloads, and when it comes to streams. It's different streams, right? So you could stream the podcast on your phone eight different times. It still only counts as one mm-hmm. because it's registered to one phone or mm-hmm. one thing. My biggest episode was with Matt. I had 200 and some odd streams. This one is approaching 2,000. Mm. Is that Joe Rogan numbers? Absolutely not. But you, you have to understand that for someone who's done, you know, Five episodes are now six episodes of a hobby podcast. And I don't advertise it. I don't like sponsor it on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook page dedicated to it. Like, here, here you go. Mm-hmm. Close to 2,000 people have listened to a four hour podcast. That's numbers, man. That's got to be something, right? And maybe it's people who are like, what's this all about? But they're, I don't know 2,000 people who I've told personally, hey, listen to this podcast. There has to be word of mouth, obviously. Mm-hmm. There has to be people who are like, yeah, okay, I'll listen to it, see what he has to say. But I have to also believe that people are interested in what the hell is going on. And that's fair. But like, don't sit here and try to tell me that you know, everything I said was a lie. I have the receipts. <laughs> I got called out indirectly by someone on Facebook saying, oh, well, they, you know, they should sue you, but they're not going to sue you. Sue me, please. Bring the litigation. Sue you for what? How, how bored are people? I guess very bored. Like, I mean, people talk. This is, this is, like you said, you're telling your experiences at the thing. It's, it's not like you're, you've written something. Right. And, and, and this is going to be a good story. Yeah. It, it's not a... You know, this wasn't a um, a memoir where I'm making shit up. Right. I have the receipts of all of this stuff. I have witnesses, right? And so, you know, oh, he, what he said is slander. No, it's not. Slander implies that I lied about something. Mm-hmm. I didn't lie. I have the proof. And also, Mona, getting back to you, <laughs> you wonderful human being. She sounds like a peach. She is. Mm-hmm. She's a... She's a peach, all right. Um, you are telling people that um, that uh, the whole situation with uh, Davidson Kane, who I will talk about later, good old Davidson Kane, um, that uh, and that's why she's in, like basically interrogating people to figure out where the leak is. Even though that's ironic, she's the fucking leak. Mm-hmm. She's the one who was on the board of directors and part of the original sexual harassment committee and has the balls 
to say that that she's not the one who leaked it. You are the one who leaked it. I've had at least seven people tell me everything that happened, everything. And I would say, the first question I would ask is, first of all, who did you hear this from? Oh, Mona. Mm. Mona told me. Are they liars too? Maybe it's just their truth. Yeah, they're telling, <laughs> they're telling me their truth. Which is such a Switzerland thing to say. I'm glad you got to tell your truth. And I, I mean, I get it. Like, I... I get it. Why that that I don't know why that that phrase is still in the American lexicon. That's basically saying like, okay, your truth. You're telling your version of the story. That's what you tell little kids right. though when they when they tell you that they're going to be Superman. Yeah, like, oh yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. your truth, pal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you it's... go, you go live that truth. Go yeah. live in your truth. No, this is what fucking happened. This is the truth. Whether you like it or not is unimportant. Mm-hmm. To quote a very polarizing political figure or pundit, facts don't care about your feelings. Mm-mm. I got the receipts. I got them. If you'd like to see them, come, come, <laughs> come talk to me. Otherwise, I don't care. I really don't. And I just want to be clear again to... of you at the Theater Guild, volunteers, members, old, young, my age, younger, older. I I don't have a problem with you. This This isn't about you. I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking everyone that came before me. I'm not attacking everyone that's come after me. I'm not. That's not what this is about. And, you know, for someone who has blocked me on Facebook, <coughs> Doug. <laughs> you sure do seem to have all the information about everything that I've said and done. You sure do. Hmm. Mm. Lots of people on my friends list are friends with Doug and pretend to be friends with me. Mm. And that's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through my friends list and, and block unfriend, unfriend. I don't care. Please. Tell him. Yeah, somebody needs to tell him. Or don't. I don't care. But I think he knows. Of course he knows. He, he knows. Of course he knows. Of course he knows. And anything that you're saying um, won't come as a surprise. It shouldn't. And that's what a lot of people have told me. Like, you know, based on my own experiences with him, I'm not surprised. Or, you know... I don't know him that well, but I get a vibe, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't speak to their experiences. These, the things that people tell me are their own experiences. It's their truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not going to say, oh, it's not true or, oh, it didn't happen. It sucks. Like, again, I, I hate that this has happened, that it's come to pass, that I'm saying all these things, but like. I, I, I'm also tired of, at this point now, um, the, the, the cloak and dagger, the back, the back door dealings, yeah. you know, the, the, the sneak thief mm-hmm. that's pretending to be one thing to my face and then behind my back mm-hmm. is doing another thing. Or a room full of people on the board of directors who know exactly the situation because they all got the email. They all know what happened, but not one of them has 
the 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 fortitude or decency to extend a hand and say, hey, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Even before this podcast dropped, this was kept in-house. This was kept in-house. I addressed the board of directors. And then I got an email back from Steen when he got back into the country or whatever it was. Actually, no, that was, he was out of the country when I resigned from the board. But I got an email from Steen after that, after I sent the email. And that was it. Oh, and from Mona. Mm-hmm. She responded. Not with an apology. Mm-hmm. It was a, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's so many untruths. I wish Norgie would have said something. I wish you healing. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. I wish you didn't say those things about me. Right. People you're, are you're so fake. Yeah. And and you're so fake it's disgusting. You are you are as fake as a as a three dollar bill. You are so fake. It's disgusting. People's desire to be liked is so strong that they'll there's a there's a term that goes, you'd rather um live in shit than see people than to let people see you work a shovel. <laughs> and that's the, That's man. They'd rather just, they want to be liked so much that they'll, they'll dwell in shit. Right. And, you know, there are, and I get it, right? There are some people involved with that theater. That's all they have, mm-hmm. right? They wake up in the morning. They're retired. They're single. They're losers like me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have anything better to do. Um, that's all they have mm-hmm. is their involvement with the theater guild. Right. And... But it's still, but what they don't see is it's still going to be there. Right. It's still going to be there. People are going to, people love the theater. They're going to come to, so all that in-house weirdness, the uh, 90210 uh, drama. (laughs) The Real Housewives of of Northwestern Avenue. Right, (laughs) Like, that's not what makes it. That's not what makes it. Um, And people have to think outside of them. They have to think outside themselves and know that 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 place isn't, it's it's what kids kids love to go to the theater. It's and and they yeah. lost sight of that. They lost sight of the the audience's faces after the show when they come up and and they they're congratulating people. Like you're so concerned about what's happening in the innards of of this thing that nobody else cares about. Right, mind you, the people that that are, that it's supposed to be affecting the most, who is the audience, can care less about who. Is talking this, right. or who is saying that. Exactly. This is what's messing shows up. Because now people can't gel. There's there's like you said, there's clicks behind the stages, behind the sets. There's there's it's clicky. Oh yeah. It's it and I saw it. Did one production and I was like, this is this is a weird high school. It really is. And then and then to see people, I'm not saying I'm the best judge of character. But I, I like to, I, I stare at people. Sure. And I try to figure them out. And I, I, I always ask myself, I wonder when that real person is going to come out. They're acting. I can tell when people are acting. Yeah. And it shows itself. Yeah. And let me say, <laughs> the stage is not the only place where acting happens <laughs> at a theater. No. Especially that one. Mm-hmm. So many, just, ugh. But like, you know, and again... If you want to be friends with the people that I talked about, that's your pleasure. The one thing I'm not going to do that Mona has done, that other people have done, is tell you, I'm not going to tell you, don't go see Mona's shows. Mm. Don't do shows at the Theater Guild. Don't volunteer. 
don't don't uh, don't work backstage. I'm not going to say that. I'm not petty like that. How stupid is that? Well, you got to choose between me and them. You got to choose between me and Mona. No, because I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's the freedom in this for all of me. I don't. Everyone keeps coming to me so concerned. Like, aren't you? Don't you eventually want to go back? Well, don't don't you ever want to do a show there again? Right now, no. Mm -hmm. And if I never do, it's fine. I don't care. That's not what I'm doing this for. And that's why so many people are afraid to speak out Mm -hmm. because they need it. Mm Mm-hmm. That that is their that defines them. That is their celebrity. That is their slice of feeling important. Right. And it's fine. Right. But I'm not gonna walk around telling you to choose between me and her, me and Doug, me and the theater guild. I'm not gonna go to shows there. Mm-hmm. I haven't set foot in that place since uh I don't even remember. Little Mermaid. December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think I did sound for um, what sound there was to do for uh, a show called uh, Perfect Wedding, I believe, mm. which was right after. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the last time. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Do shows there. Go see shows there. Audition. Volunteer. Be a member. That's still a great, at the very core of that place, is magic. Mm-hmm. And aside from all of this bullshit... It's a wonderful place mm-hmm. with so much history and, and warmth and, um, you know, it's so important. I wish that they didn't squander the, their location, the fact that they're in such a diverse area. And many of the people who live immediately around that place don't even know it's there mm-hmm. or they don't get, they don't. They don't feel welcome there. Mm-hmm. That's why when you look there, there's not a lot of people of color there. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. And then we do a show called Tequila and the Bee. And they squander mm-hmm. a huge opportunity. And they reduce the show to one weekend. And then when someone says, hey, what the hell? They're like, it's COVID. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't buy that either. COVID, you extended every other show and reduced that one to one weekend. Mm-hmm. You can't say it's COVID. You said one thing and did the complete opposite with every other show. Yeah. You can't say it's COVID. I'll tell you what it is. It's bullshit. <laughs> you made a promise to the cast and crew of that show that you would still support it, mm-hmm. that we were still going to do the show. Yep. I was and in the room. And in, in some regards, you did, right? You, we still did the show. But it got treated like, you know, the leftover mashed potatoes yeah. from Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, I know they're there. I'll eat them eventually, but eh, who cares? Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you didn't care. You, and maybe some of the people involved in the show have said something out loud. Um, or maybe they haven't. But I know universally people were really disappointed i'm disappointed to this day at the fact that an opportunity like that was squandered i'm more disappointed for the young kids in the cast great talents yes great talents the young kids in the cast who man they get to basically play superheroes Mm -hmm. in in the sense that they're not stereotypes they're not um they're not tropes 
you know, Akila is a very smart girl. Her mother is a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. You know, every family has problems, but like, you know, Akila was a strong character. Mm-hmm. Her mom was a strong character. Joshua Larrabee was a strong character. Mm-hmm. The whole community yeah, in that theater. The, the neighborhood. The, yeah, the neighborhood. Like, man. And so many kids who came to see that show had the, op- you know, like the opportunity to see someone who looks like them or to, to see an experience that, that, that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the urban life, the, the inner city life. And you, one weekend. One and I looked in the audiences, and so many people of color, mm-hmm. people that, that normally don't go to shows there. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. And we got one fucking weekend. And it was just casual. Mm. It's just one weekend. We never got an explanation as to why. No. Not as a cast and crew. Just, you know. It was a, um, and be, be glad you got that. Yeah, pretty much. attitude. Yeah. You should be grateful mm-hmm. that you got one weekend. Right. And, you know, I'm not so stupid as to say that, oh, well, you know, would have done the numbers that Mamma Mia did. Okay. You know, it's not. It's obviously not. But is theater about, is that what that show was about? Making money? No. No, it wasn't. It's fine. Yeah, it could have reached. It could have reached so many, it so many people. It could have. So many people. I feel bad for the kids. I do, and they worked so hard. They worked they, so hard. It was during the school year too, yeah. so they had they had assignments. They had their assignments of learning all of their lines, spelling words, thirteen letter words. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've never. Okay, maybe this is overstating it, but. I have to say, no, maybe it's not overstating it. I've never been in a show with so many kids having to carry so much work mm-hmm. in as like the, the front and center part of the production. Because mm-hmm. it was about the kids. Yeah. They had to learn lines. They had to learn how to spell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't fake. They weren't being fed lines through an earpiece because they didn't know their lines. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. They, they put in all the work. The, some kids were, were playing multiple characters. Mm-hmm. You know, Akila had what seemed like 85,000 quick changes. Yes. And was on stage for, I don't know how many scenes. Mm-hmm. Almost every single Almost scene. You them. could say that she was on stage for every single mm-hmm. scene. You know, and uh, shout out to Darius mm-hmm. for playing a wonderful Dr. Larrabee. Carrots. Yeah. Carrots. Carrots. <laughs> would you like that carrots carrots <laughs> um you know so many wonderful people in mm-hmm. that show mm-hmm. and one weekend yeah cool um so yeah and then you know i've been hearing some things i heard some things i don't listen i know that people of the theater guild who pretend to not pay attention or care about what I have to say, definitely care and pay attention to Mm -hmm. what I have to say. And they're getting the information anyway. Yeah. I know way, way too much stuff about the theater guild and I'm not even involved with them Mm -hmm. anymore. Why do you suppose that is? Why do you suppose that is? 
people trust me. Great. Or they just want to give me the dirt. That's fine. Um, but <laughs> let's, let's not pretend that like, that what I say ha- has no merit. Mm. You can pretend all you want to that I don't exist, that I never existed, that the things I, that I'm, that I'm not saying things, that it, I'm, they're being said. Mm-hmm. I exist. I've always existed. I'm going to continue to exist. As I said before, you can walk around a fire that you started and pretend that the fire isn't there, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the fire doesn't exist, and it doesn't mean you're not going to get burned. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. But I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. I care, I care about, again, 98% of the people there. I do. This isn't about you. This is just a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or nothing to all of you. But for me, it's 18 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's what it is, I suppose. But I'm not stupid. I also know that, you know, there are people who are talking about it that, you know, that aren't involved in it at all, but they're still talking about it and they're asking, you know, people questions about me. Just come to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not an unreasonable person. I'm not going to name your names either, but like, what have I ever done to you to make you think that you can't talk to me? Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> you're, you're sort of feeding into my point. Mm-hmm. By adding to the conjecture, I've never, ever had shied away from a conversation. You can talk to me about whatever you want to. Ask me the questions. I'll answer them for you. Um, And that includes the people at the Theater Guild who seem to think to this day that they should ask certain people about me Mm -hmm. or, or make small talk. And then the real reason is they're trying to find out information about me. It's almost like uh, when religious, in, in certain religious sects, when they excommunicate somebody. Sure. And they're not allowed to talk to that person. Scientology? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to name names. You got me out here. Well, do you know a Scientologist? Because I sure as hell don't. No, but there are other uh, religions that do that. They'll excommunicate people. And so then a lot of the times what really happens is left to interpretation. And so, or hearsay. Sure, but so, as long as we're talking of using your analogy of religion, um, rational arguments don't usually work mm, mm-hmm. on religious people. Otherwise, right. there would be no religious people. Right, right. So, it is what it is. But anyway, people <laughs> talking about, the, and it's fine. Dialogue is fine. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid to talk to me. I don't care. Sure. Come talk to me. I'm not going to bite your head off. Mm -hmm. I'll answer whatever question I can answer. And if it means that you're asking me questions so that you can go back and feed it to the theater guild, fine. I don't Mm -hmm. care. I don't. I've talked to people who are friends with Mona, Mm -hmm. who are like, listen, Mona's always been nice to me. This is, this isn't, you know, this isn't about her and me. This is about you and her. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. That's how it's supposed to be though. Like, yeah, sure. You're not trying to. It's not like you're trying to win something. I'm not right, trying this to isn't win politics. Yeah, I'm not trying to win votes, or you're not trying to. I get it. Just because I think Mona's a piss flap doesn't mean that that <laughs> you have to stop being her friend. It doesn't. Right, and I've been back to the theater guild and seen a show since you've been gone. Sure. So, because I lo- I love the theater. 
I love that. I like. I love that place. I love theater in the round. It's Wait, you've been back to the theater guild since? How fucking dare you? I know. Man. How dare you? No, I, I, I went back. <laughs> I went back before the last podcast, but you know, but since you've been gone, like I've I've been back. I sure. mean, sure. Don't um, stop going there. Right. Don't. Not but, for me. But it it is comforting, not having to be a part of that world, though. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, cause just knowing what goes on. And then being like you said on the outside looking in, it's like man, don't don't miss that. Yeah, it's, you know it's a powder keg. I'm not gonna lie, I, I miss the I miss the grind. Mm-hmm. I miss the, you know, uh, I love doing sound design. I mm-hmm. do. I, it's I don't know why I took to it, but like ever since it became my thing, mm-hmm. it, man, and I love doing. I miss it though. Mm-hmm. I miss doing that stuff. That that excited me. That gave me. That gave me focus, and I have ADHD, and so that's one of those things that can laser focus my brain, and I can, you know, like, I don't have 85 million other things happening in my brain. Like, that's one of the things that helps me focus, and I miss doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else does it there. No. I, I don't. Wow, yeah. I know who they've had do it there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that sound design, mm-hmm. though. I wouldn't call, you know, a 45-minute piano version of a disney song sound design yeah that's just lazy mm-hmm. that's lazy that's what that is mm-hmm. um i wouldn't call sending edits to the parent company or the uh, publishing company for music sound design mm. it's, i think it's lazy mm-hmm. but whatever mm-hmm. it's cool whatever 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 floats your yacht <laughs> but for those of you who are talking about everything that has been happening um you know whatever but I heard from lots of different people that a whale told a joke about me <laughs> at some award. No, sorry. Strike that. I heard someone told a whale of a joke about me at some banquet somewhere else, um, taking a not so subtle shot at me and my four hour podcast. And, you know, Whoever that was, I'm sure you're friends with Mona, and that's fine. I'm not mad at you for it. But, um, you know, it's, it's cool that you want to make a topical joke, but if you're going to take a shot at me, at least have the balls to, to tell me to my face. Mm. Come at me in my inbox. Mm-hmm. And try to be funny. The joke was, that I heard wasn't funny. Not to me, anyway. Not to most of the people who have told me, that uh, was uncomfortable it was low-hanging fruit <laughs> you know whatever that's a shame hey give it a shot but not surprising not surprising mm-hmm. and i know that there are many of you who are listening right now that are like you know i support that you've done this i'm saying what you have been and continue to be too scared to say mm-hmm. i'm not a martyr here i'm not trying to be voice of the voiceless whatever i don't care um i'm saying the shit that i feel needs to be said i'm tired of the charade i'm tired of the you know the candy coated outside and the shithole inside mm. that's what i'm tired of i'm tired of the the facade the white picket fence around the the chasm of bullshit you're not fooling me and i'm i pulled back the curtain that's why i called it that I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So, and 
Trust me, there's more to this story. There's more. Oh, holy shit, there's more. And we'll get to that later. But um, let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the song that you heard at the beginning, I'm going to play it right now and talk over it, which is bad etiquette, um, is the official theme song now for the Just One More Thing podcast. And this is a beat by my friend and guest, Chavez. Hey, hey. Who makes music and beats all the time and they're great and i love when he puts little clips on facebook and puts stuff on youtube and um you know there's a lot of talented people locally mm-hmm. um and you're not doing this for for recognition um, no, i believe your your tag is the best producer you never heard of that's me which is you know there's truth to that he's not you know flying any kind of flag saying hey look at me he's just putting out good stuff um but that is the official theme song for the just one more thing podcast so thank you man it's an honor uh i'm, I'm honored that you decided to take it man it's uh um uh, had you in mind when i when i wrote it so um i think if it's okay with you um i'm going to uh upload the entire song somewhere so people can oh sure listen to it or sure. whatever the case may be but um you know i i've always loved the music that you've done and i mean not to sound condescending or, or patronizing but like versus where you were when you first started and you were just <laughs> you were just playing like a couple of measures of stuff that you did on a loop and now you're doing entire songs um it's fantastic and um you know, I know that I don't think I know anybody else, and I would argue that many people don't know anybody else who knows as much about hip hop as you do. Um, I would I would venture to say that you're like an expert or aficionado. Mm, I'm a novice. I think I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've been in some rooms with some <laughs> with some monsters, man. These guys know uh, what they ate, for, what the artists ate for breakfast when sure, they did that song. But I'm talking about me personally. Oh, okay. Me personally, um, and I think that you just have a very uh, deep seated love of music. I do, and I think that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hear it, like. Um, a lot of the a lot of the the beats are original um you're playing you're playing keyboard you're you're um what do you call the machine oh the mpc thank you mm-hmm. um and but you also sample things mm-hmm. and you also pay homage to things and it may not be like it may not be a big thing it could be just a just a, a taste just just a taste just a man. little taste just a little taste man uh, you got any more than you got any more than samples, man? Um, but it's so good. Can you? Um, are you okay with telling people like where they can? You know, do you have like a a page that they can follow you for your music? Um, you should if you don't. The YouTube uh, channel is is Max Clarity, um, and then I do have a SoundCloud, also Max Clarity. Um, so it, it has it's me with the blue face if you if you come across a blue face <laughs> on on youtube that's me um where you can stare into the windows of his soul into the windows of my soul <laughs> and it's so empty um, 
No, but seriously, it's uh, uh, Max Clarity at YouTube.com. Um, not, not, not the acne solution. Um, <laughs> go past that one. It's it's, it's actually the second. Yeah, it's the it's, second it's one. The, uh, it's the one with the black lion. <laughs> There's a black lion on it laying down. Um, I think he might be winking. Yeah. So but also, I think it's fair to say, if, if you have acne needs mm-hmm. go ahead and click go, on that too. max clarity it got discontinued and uh i think it was burning people's faces um and uh giving them the runs but um <laughs> that's neither here nor there but that's appropriate because the max clarity acne solution was burning people's faces and your beats melt people's Melting faces. their faces off man i like that that sounds great it's almost like destiny <laughs> um you and I go way back. Mm-hmm. I think the first time we met was 98, 97? Uh, you know, it had to be probably around 99. Okay. That's when I started working um, at the barbershop. I worked at a, a barbershop in Kenosha. And, uh, yeah, you, you, you came in there with your mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she looked terrified. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Um, there were a lot of people there yes Um, yeah and and to give you some backstory um in 1999 i would have been 14 Mm -hmm. um and i was in the foster care system starting at age nine and after living in a um emergency placement home for a week um i eventually got put in a permanent foster home out in um paris township the bristol area but you know west of the interstate and as a kid, especially as a, you know, a young um, person of color, um, I had very um, ethnic hair. I inherited the worst traits from both of my um, mom and dad's hair, and amongst other things. No, but, man, your hair was straight, and no, it was but nice. I, I'm not, what I'm saying is, like, um, I, you know, I have very thick hair, mm-hmm. very curly hair, mm-hmm. and it's not something that, like, unfortunately... And I can say this from experience. I can't go to cost cutters or I right. can't go to cost cutters and get it cut. Right. I did it. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I was settling for my mom taking the clippers and just buzzing it all off. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with mm-hmm. that. But as I started to get older, I thought, man, I want, you know, I want my hair to mean something. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't even remember how we stumbled upon mm-hmm. the barbershop yeah because it wasn't like we were on the main fair like no, we were no. yeah we were on 63rd street like nobody nobody people drive they avoid yeah. 63rd street <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um so i couldn't tell you oh you know what it was i think it was my brother my brother said go go to this barbershop mm. that's what it was because um i believe he lived a couple blocks away mm. um but, you know, I didn't know the barbershop etiquette. We just walked in there like, you know, he needs a haircut. We didn't know about the appointments thing or mm-hmm. anything like that. So, But that was a good thing about ours because we were um, uh, straight walk-ins. We didn't, we didn't do the uh, appointments. So you walked into the right one. Um, and, yeah, he, uh, the rest is history. Yeah. You know, here we are like 25 years later. Been making each other laugh ever since. Yeah. Uh, yeah i mean 
he's been making me laugh more than I've been <laughs> making him laugh. But it's it's a uh, au contraire, bonjour. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Croissant. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't know. This is this is a, a great friendship because you know we support each other. We talk about things. Um, you know, we don't. You know, some friends are friends just out of convenience. Right. Um, and I've never, I mean, we've never lived close by each other. No. So there's no convenience there. But, you know, you've invited me to your home mm-hmm. um, for for dinner um, for the 4th of July. We're recording in your home right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, I've always appreciated um, your friendship. And as a matter of fact, uh, to, and you know, not trying to make this about the theater guild again, but when I did win the uh, the uh, Mac Award, the Volunteer of the Year Award, um, I wanted to make sure that um, I gave you a shout out because mm-hmm. as long as we've known each other, you've never done a show, a right. theater show, right? And you did that show, and that was that was one of the benefits for me. Like mm-hmm. I get to be on stage with someone I consider a true friend. Right. And you were really, really good. And you didn't just show up and do your lines and leave. You helped backstage. Yeah. There's a lot of people who they just show up and like, nah, I'm not doing that shit. Mm-hmm. And just show up, they do their lines, they suck up all the glory and then they go. Mm-hmm. You, you were great on stage. You were great backstage. You were great with the kids. Um, the kids loved you. I mean, to this day, when you see the kids, man, they were great, man. Yeah. They were awesome. Um, and that to me is like that small slice of like what is great about that place mm-hmm. is it transcends the drama and the bullshit right. and the politics, um, which is another reason why I was so mad that we only had one weekend mm-hmm. because i feel like we got robbed of a lot of great experiences but man those kids yeah those kids loved you and they man still listen do. it was an honor just to, to be nominated to be nominated <laughs> man um the fact that that you ended up getting that volunteer award and not me there's no hard feelings about that. Uh, i wanted that mac daddy award man isn't that what it was the mac daddy award the mcdonald's no yeah. it's um the the it's the john mcanelli Volunteer of the Year Award, named aptly for John McAnally, who was a longtime member who had um, a great can-do spirit and never, you know, never hesitated to roll up his sleeves and help and, and, mm-hmm. and show up and do work. And I guess in a lot of ways, kind of like the way you comported yourself during um, Aquila and the Bee, um, you didn't just show up, you you said, I'll, I'll show up and do my lines, but I also want to do other stuff. I want to help. I want to... Mm-hmm. I want to be a, a good role model to these kids. I want to, you know, make these kids feel like they're adults and not like they're kids being treated right. like kids. Um, the, I, man, I'm telling you, again, it was an honor to do it. Um, and those are the memories that will live longer than the uh, the fuckery that's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we'll remember that. But when I think about the theater guild it's that it's 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 the camaraderie that i had built with with the people that we were working with it was it was really it was a good time and shout out to uh cara mm-hmm. again yeah who, for sure who i've worked with a lot um i think maybe more than any other director um 
maybe i don't know mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. i worked with car a lot and um she had a very difficult job directing that show and then when all this stuff started happening where with covid mm-hmm. and then also with when we came back and we only got one weekend a thankless job that, mm-hmm. you know above and beyond and and we had a great show thanks to some really really great leadership and i know that cara lost a lot of sleep over some of the bullshit that ended up happening um and i know that she advocated for the show and the people in the show and doing more shows and making sure that we got to do the show and so um a lot of credit goes to her for mm-hmm. for for um putting all that together and you know um and with a smile on her face right you know what i mean right sometimes it was a smile of of uh about to lose it mm-hmm. you know like that uh seething through her teeth but rightfully so right um, certain people didn't make it easy for her to mm. direct that show mm-hmm. um but we we uh we loved her there and i mean we still do and and thank you Kara, for believing in that show yeah, and no doubt and uh believing in the message because that was the important thing about that show was the message mm-hmm. um don't let that get lost in the in the in the fuckery as you mm-hmm. called it mm-hmm. oh and also while we're speaking of that show um and your um musical prowess uh if anyone was paying attention um and i think it was in the program i'm mm. pretty sure it was um many of the beats in that show um sort of the scene change music you know we we i i i designed the sound for that show and one of the things i wanted to have was like a um a very um specific theme for when we're in the neighborhood or mm. when we're going to school or spelling bee mm-hmm. and so many of the songs or beats that you heard transitionally throughout the so- the show were done by you mm-hmm. um and you know obviously you were credited uh in the in the program um not by your name obviously mm-hmm. for the for the beats but those those were your beats and that just added a really great layer of flavor to the show because it made it more authentic yeah it wasn't just generic here mm-hmm. you go you know here's a 45 minute <laughs> piano track i found <laughs> um it, you know that that's the kind of stuff that i love about um designing sound because like when you can relate the music to the show it it creates more energy it creates more of an experience the the i always think about like my dad who is blind um if i design sound for a show i want him to be able to experience the show not being able to see it and still have that experience right um you know auditorily Mm -hmm. and i hope that he does he's come to many of the shows i've done since um he moved back up here but um that was one of those experiences where i'm like more pride about the show because my friend's music was was part of the show and and that's never happened before and may not ever happen again but Mm -hmm. man that was cool man that was cool doing it too it was the um that homework where you were like um like larrabee listens to classical music Mm -hmm. his character listens to classical music is there something you can do with classical music and i said yes (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like so incorporating an urban sound with classical music it's been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's not a it's not a foreign concept. It's not new, um, but it was cool to do it um, with eight oh eights and 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 in the in an element where I'm actually part of um, 
and just in 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 uh, listening to what the kids were listening to at that time, as far as um, uh, who was the guy? Old Town Road guy was was heavy back then. What's his name? Um, um, not Lil Nas X. Yes. Like so, like the heavy eight oh eights. I was able to incorporate that with with. Um, I hate that song so much. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> pretty terrible. But I was I was able to incorporate that stuff and and still make it so kids could still not bob their heads when they're when they're watching the production of that play. It was it was it was uh, one of my favorite things about doing that. Like I would rather have done that, to be honest, than the acting because I always I felt like I sucked. But um, Yo, no, no, no. But it was. Nope. <laughs> but, but either way, like the homework, I I, I really enjoyed. I, I liked the grind of it, like you said, like like with the, with your sound uh, sound design and stuff. Um, it's a fun challenge. Yeah, it's a yeah. fun challenge, and it is. And it's like, and and then also when you when you, you gave me the assignment, and then me like having it done the next day, like here it's done. You know what I mean? That that was some of my favorite parts. And like, I'm like, already? Yeah. You're like yeah. Yeah. And then I'd listen to him like, holy shit, he got this yeah. done in a day. Mm-hmm. I only asked him for this five minutes ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know I was looking for a sample of this song? I right. Just, I just knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there were some songs that you, that you um, produced that unfortunately didn't make it into the show. They made be- it onto the cutting room floor. Yeah. And, you know, it's not because they were bad songs. It's just because the, mu- the, 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 the show was very music heavy. Mm. Um, unfortunately... We couldn't do, you know, because a lot of the songs were, were um, just little um, little nuggets right. um, between scenes to to paint the picture. Like, okay, I recognize this. We're going back to the neighborhood. We're mm-hmm. going back. Like, I and and I hope people caught onto that. But like, um, the songs that didn't make it, it wasn't because they were bad. It's just because we couldn't pay. We couldn't do them justice, um, because we we decided that like painting a picture by having a specific theme for each thing. Um, and, you know, there have been many shows where people are like, hey, do you know what the name of that song was mm-hmm. that played? And that was one of the shows, too. Like, hey, that um, Flight of the Bumblebee, like, what is that? Where did that come from? And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, see that guy over there on stage? <laughs> or see that guy over there in the, in the, you know, in the, in the lobby who, you know, that guy that was on, in the show, he made that song. He mm-hmm. made that beat. If, you, if you're interested in it, go talk to him. Go ask him some questions. You know, give them, give them some props if you want to. Like that's not me. I designed the sound for the show, uh, insofar as I put the the music in and the sound effects and stuff. But like when it comes to like actually producing the music for that show, that was you. Mm. Um, and I'm glad that so many people uh, appreciated it. And I hope that now that we are having this conversation officially, um, that um, people know just what a what a great job you did and and um, what it meant to me and I know to you personally, but mm-hmm. to me to have my friend's music score the show. That was so cool. Yeah. Another reason why I'm disappointed that we only got one weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Just so many great things about that show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so... But the show goes on, ain't that what they say? Yeah, so yeah. The show must go on. Yeah, it doesn't go. It does. It must not go on there. But it, it's gonna go. <laughs> it, it must yeah. go on somewhere else, and, and so, that's fine. So let's talk in the positive too. Speaking of which, and um, it's no secret um, if you're ju- if you're just joining us, <laughs> um, I have branched out to other theaters. I've um, I've become very very um, heavily involved 
with PMNL Theater in Antioch, mm-hmm. and also Lakeside Players Roadie Center for the Arts in downtown Kenosha. And so um, I'm very proud of my association with both of those theaters. Um, I grew up in the Kenosha County area. I went to Central High School in, in, in Paddock Lake. I've been to shows at PMNL. Um, I never did a show at PMNL. I didn't do a show anywhere else while I was at RTG because of my loyalty. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm representing my my you know whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. This is I'm representing my family, my 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 set, my my sandbox, my playground. I'm not gonna go do shit anywhere else. That's that's disloyal. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a stupid thing for me to do, <laughs> but that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went and auditioned for um, Sister Act at PMNL. And another shout out to Darius who directed that show. Great um, show. It was, <laughs> it was fun. Um, I, man, I it, saw it twice. So nice. He saw it twice. <laughs> uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't without some, some, <laughs> some difficulty, <laughs> well, hey, well. <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then um, I auditioned for uh, Beauty and the Beast at uh, PM&L. I'm not PMNL, I'm sorry, at the Roadie Lakeside Players in downtown Kenosha. And it's one of the funnest experiences I've ever had. Yeah, man. I, I've, people reviewing you was great, man. Uh, I've had a few people that went to see that show and they said that Norgy was on the whole time. <laughs> like Even during the intermission when yep. he, he were gassed on for real. When they told us like, hey, um, <laughs> we... Um, we're we're selling these um these roses or we're selling 50 50 raffle tickets during intermission um we want some of the characters to go out there i'm like are you sure about that (laughs) because like you know at the theater guild they sell the tickets during intermission but like typically it's not the actors on stage that go do it right um, sometimes but not not um hardly ever so when they said we want you to go out and sell things i'm like okay but then there were so many of us out there that mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just getting in the way. So I just walked around in character. <laughs> I literally, what I did was I just did a loop. I'd go through the, I'd go through the lobby, um, through the smaller theater backstage, through the main theater, and just keep <laughs> looping over and over again. And as I'm walking around, I'm you know in character saying, "You're welcome," mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, "Don't touch me," and, and stuff. <laughs> I, You're doing such a nice job. Of course I am. I know. <laughs> I am the show. That's why they should they should call the show Gaston is a beast. Um I <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> I I had um I had we we decided that for Gaston's tavern that <laughs> there should be a painting of Gaston mm-hmm. in the tavern. So <laughs> we took a picture of me and then I ran it through um, Adobe to make it look like it was a a, a watercolor painting or something right. like that. Had it blown up and um, framed it and put it on one of the the flats for the uh, for the scenes <laughs> at Gaston's Tavern. Now, I don't know how many people saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw um, it, <laughs> but uh, and I still have it. If anyone wants it, um, <laughs> actually, I've got like four of them. <laughs> um, but then I took the same, I took the same picture and I had four hundred copies printed four by sixes. <laughs> and I said, "This is the dumbest thing ever, but I'm going to do it anyway, even if it's only funny to me." And <laughs> I would during intermission after the show, I would carry a big stack of these. <laughs> you were handing them out, and I was handing them out. But I was like, 
they're like, oh, can you autograph this? And I'm absolutely, what's your name? And as they're telling me their name or who they want me to make it out to, I'd put, I'd just write, you're welcome. Or I'm the greatest. Or you'll never be as handsome as me. <laughs> but, you know, there were some times where like this kid would just give you the cutest look. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to crush his dreams. Right. Right. Or, but if it was like a mom mm-hmm. or like a, a, an older person, like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Right. What's your name? Agnes? <laughs> I'm the best. It was it was so much fun. Oh man. And uh I I had such man, I, I I don't know that I've ever had that much fun playing a character. I've never I don't think I've ever played a villain. I think that was the first time I ever played a villain. And Gaston is a shitbag. Mm-hmm. He is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And for some reason people are like, ah right. everything you do is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like I can say whatever I want to, mm-hmm. and these people are just going to eat it up, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, I have to say, and maybe I mentioned this before, and if I did, I apologize. Not really. Um, I'm not the Gaston type. No. Right? No, you were acting. Sure, but I'm saying, like, physically, I'm not the Gaston oh. type. I'm not 6'5". I'm not muscle-bound. I'm not covered in hair. I'm not, you know, I'm not thin. Mm. Um, I don't even work out. Um, I certainly don't dress like that. I don't act like that. And so the fact that I got cast is, is nothing short of, of, of uh, mind-boggling to me because anywhere else I wouldn't have gotten cast mm-hmm. in that role. And you know where anywhere else I'm talking about mm-hmm. is. So the fact that I, I did not... Um, I didn't take that role for granted, and I certainly hope that the people who came to see it enjoyed it, and um, for those of you who did, and I still hear people talk about it to this day, um, thank you for coming to see the show. That was a really important show to me personally. Um, It was a really important show to um, the roadie. Um, It broke a lot of records. It sold a lot of tickets. Mm -hmm. It sold a lot of, you know, those flowers. It was cool to, and I wish more theaters did this. After the show's over, instead of just getting out of costume and going out to the lobby and saying, hey, yeah, you know, you know give me a hug or whatever, we got to stay in costume mm-hmm. and go out to the lobby for these kids mm-hmm. who, you know, especially the little girls who they're lining up down the, down the wall. They all had their bell uh, outfits on. Yeah. yeah. To meet their favorite Disney princess. Mm-hmm. To meet you know, Lumiere, to meet Cogsworth, to meet Mrs. B- like, that was mm-hmm. the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever. Um, and I just got to walk around and be a big dummy and say uh, big, <laughs> loud, hey, I know. And, you know, pictures of me with kids on my shoulder. You know, me, you know, acting like I'm bench pressing kids. Like, that is the coolest thing. That's what, that's, that's what makes theater great. Mm-hmm. When you can fire the imagination of those kids, like, man. Um, and then when you, you know, of course, when you have the adults come up to you like dude that's 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 fucking hilarious yeah um i i don't like to be touched mm-hmm. it's just it's just a peeve mm-hmm. i got touched a lot mm-hmm. in the lobby mm-hmm. um there were a lot of um single <laughs> women yeah there were a lot of married women um who uh got a little too familiar with me and so that was uncomfortable mm-hmm. and as funny as it may sound um it's not okay no. to just touch somebody in that way. 
Um, and I know that it's it happens to women all the time, especially in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I'm a guy, it doesn't make it okay. But like, it, it was it was strange. I don't it it was uncomfortable in in many cases. And I tried to I was I tried to be very very nice about it. In some cases, I had to tell the person like, hey, like that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, th- the thing that astounds me though is I still get some messages in my inbox <laughs> the, the last one that i got or not the last one that i got but one of the the uh the ones that shocked me the most was um daddy gaston break me in two mm. it was yeah mm. my response was uh what was it jesus christ lady go read a bible <laughs> <laughs> man that's re- this reminds me of um the video that went viral with the gaston and uh at disney yes and the girl touched his chest and he was like uh go like i feel like he called security she thought he was playing yeah you're done yeah leave yeah go he was so upset yeah. man and rightfully you know what i mean right because well, he's, he's he's not a mannequin that right. you he you you molesting him right but also like at disney yeah you're not supposed to do that to people no like appearance is everything at Mm -hmm. disney and this guy's trying to uphold an appearance and obviously he's not gaston right and you know he's a good looking guy Mm -hmm. obviously but like don't go up and touch him there's kids all around seeing what you're doing kids he you don't know his uh his status he might be married you know what i mean like like she didn't have a clue right and she had no right nope None whatsoever. And the, look it up on, on YouTube or Facebook. It's only like a 15, 20 second clip. But he's like the second she puts both of her hands on his chest. And I don't know if that's his real chest. Like because it, it's very, very mm-hmm. sculpted. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's real or if it was fake or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The second that she touched him, he's like, nope, you're done. Yeah. Leave. Go. Yeah. And then she and she couldn't believe it. Right. She thought he was playing. Right. I'm a woman. Like, I like, a, don't you want to be touched like this? No. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. And again, like I, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, oh, I'm not complaining. <laughs> um, in so far as like, I had a great time. That's not something that's going to ruin the experience. Right, for me. right, right. Um, there were so, there was so much talent on that stage mm-hmm. and so much talent backstage and the directing team and man, just yeah the ensemble was great too yeah it's a man such a great such a great experience and so i will tell you um if i can plug myself on Mm -hmm. my own podcast Mm -hmm. um i get to direct a show holy shit Mm. i get to direct a show um and that may not seem like a big deal to anybody else you may not care i do um I've always expressed interest in directing and was told no. Mm-hmm. You don't have a degree. You know, you, you've never directed a show before. Well, no one's directed a show before until they've directed Right, one. of course. But also, like, I, you could say that I have, like, a... I, I, give me a PhD in, mm-hmm. in directing mm-hmm. because I've audited every class. Mm-hmm. I've watched everything. I've, absor- I've absorbed all the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's something that I could do really, really well. And so I went through the motions at, at uh, the roadie and I put in to direct a show. And so this holiday season, I get to direct Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. And I'm so excited. And, um, you know, hopefully people come to audition mm-hmm. and hopefully people come see the show. 
um, I hate, I shouldn't say I hate Christmas. Christmas and I have um, a strained relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, There was an entanglement. (laughs) 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 With with Hanukkah. Oh, oh, man. Is that, um, is that when Hanukkah came up on stage and smacked Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Took you know, <laughs> took a candle out of its menorah and just whoosh, take that, you bastard! <laughs> Aha! Aha. Uh, um, <laughs> that's the spoon. Aha. Um, so, I, I'm, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards the show mm-hmm. because it won't be easy. Also. If you were to ever play a Christmas song at my funeral, um, it would probably be the song from Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm. Christmas time is here. Mm-hmm. Um, that entire um, soundtrack is phenomenal. It's it's like jazz, mm-hmm. slow mm-hmm. piano, and so I'm so excited. And I don't even know what what it means. Um, I don't know when auditions are. I'll find that out soon enough. I don't know how many weekends we're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many shows per day. I don't know, you know, the one thing I do know is I probably, it won't be kids mm-hmm. playing the roles. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, be on the lookout for that. I'm so excited. Um, a great season of shows um, at the roadie this year. So um, uh, get out there and, and see. And there's a lot of great changes happening at the roadie. And speaking of more roadie things, I'm the chair of the play reading committee. Really? For the next season. Again. Again. I get to be on the committee. Not only do I get to be, I get to chair the committee mm-hmm. that picks the shows mm-hmm. for the roadie next season. Man, that's, is that man, cool. That's dope, man. And I've, I've reached out to a couple of people already about being on the committee. Um, and I'm going to ask you right now if you want to be on the committee. On the committee? Yes. Wow. You don't have to answer right now. Commitment on the committee. I'm not uh I'm not gonna put you on the spot like that, but um <laughs> I I'm trying to I'm trying to have a committee that's well rounded and um comes from all different backgrounds right. and theater experiences and stuff like that. I'm trying to make it as unpretentious as possible, mm-hmm. which hasn't always been my experience with mm. play reading committees. Um <laughs> but um Nothing is off the table, mm-hmm. and um, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up, but I'm so excited about um, that potential. Um, so for you haters out there, um, look out for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. We, we, when we started talking about this episode, I was like, we've we got to have something to talk about. And you're like, let's just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. Um, so here we are having a conversation. I guess not much of a conversation, though, because I've been doing most of the talking. No, but it's my fault. look, it, this is uh, uh, it's therapeutic, though, right? Like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that you have going on. I think it's important for you to discuss it. Um, I'm glad you got to discuss it with me. We just did it in front of some microphones. That's yeah. all. Like, it's. I mean, you've been, I've been telling you about the whole thing since before I told the public right since before i sent an email since mm-hmm. before many people knew mm-hmm. um because that's the kind of relationship you and i have um because i trust you mm-hmm. um so yeah this is nothing new i suppose yeah you're right is we're just doing it with some microphones right um but um but yeah i 
you have an open invitation to be on this podcast anytime you like. Man. Um, I talk, loved it. To I talk loved. about whatever you like, mm-hmm. whenever you like. Um, and I apologize. Sorry to plug theater again. Uh, Spam a lot at PMNL. I'm not in the mm. show, but I'm designing the sound. Mm-hmm. If you're into Monty Python, Spam a lot opens, I believe, in two weeks um, at PMNL. So look for tickets online um, for that. But anyway, uh, your music, um, the theme song of the show, I, man, I'm so excited that. I feel like now I've made it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have a podcast theme song. Maybe I can use the same thing as an outro to the podcast, or maybe yeah. you're like, now nah, I got something else for you. Um, I have th- I have a couple thousand joints, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not Big exaggerating. <laughs> he has a a plethora. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you, what is a plethora? <laughs> a plethora? <laughs> Did you say plethora? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, a Three Amigos mm-hmm. reference, and man, that's, that movie gets slept on. Yeah, but um, I don't know anything else you want to tell the the folks out there. No, uh, man, just uh, ELE, man. Everybody love everybody. I like that. You know what I mean? I, I mean, really, really like that. I wish I could take credit for it, but it's one of my favorite movies. It's called Semi Pro. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's nobody's favorite movie, by the way. But it's a good one. It's you know. Uh, <laughs> I was having a conversation not too long ago with someone about Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. And um, I get that Will Ferrell is an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. I also get that Will Ferrell has looked like a 45-year-old man for like the last 30 years. Yeah, um, Will Ferrell's funny. He is. Um, he may not be for you, mm-hmm. but he's funny. Like mm-hmm. he's genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid to do things to be funny right um and some of the funniest things i've ever seen on tv or in a movie theater were will ferrell Mm -hmm. um semi-pro which wasn't his biggest movie by any stretch of the imagination is so so funny it's very funny um and if you haven't seen it go see it Mm -hmm. go go to the 399 bin at walmart and buy it right maybe it's on netflix or amazon prime Mm -hmm. or or whatever streaming service you use I'm not getting paid for this, by the way. Will Ferrell is not <laughs> giving us money. We're not getting, you know, Universal Studios is not paying us a royalty. Um, that's a funny movie. Another funny Will Ferrell movie that I think people sleep on is um, The Other Guys. Yeah, Will, man. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Uh-huh. So, so funny. It's great. It, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie, and I always laugh. I laugh every time. Every single time. I'm going to tell you something that gets people upset with me. Gets upset people upset with me all the time is that the Will Ferrell movie that everybody loves, I hate. Anchorman. No. Oh. Elf. Oh, I yeah, I don't like it either. It's too much for me. It's, it's just too much. Yeah, it's. But people they get offended like they wrote it, and yeah. it's, I'm allowed to not like Elf. <laughs> like they were Will Ferrell, right? Or like they, they put up the money to. to <laughs> they funded to, Elf. <laughs> <laughs> We paid our own money to the studio. Right. I mean, and that movie did tremendous box office. Of course it did. But yeah, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I, thought, I thought for sure you were going to say Anchorman. No, Anchorman is one of my favorites yeah. too. Anchorman 2 sucks. But Anchorman, yeah. the first Anchorman <laughs> is really funny. You know what another Will Ferrell movie is? And maybe I'm the only person on planet Earth who's, who's seen it. And I don't care because I love it. Because it's the least Will Ferrell-like movie ever. It's called 
Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, I own it. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. movie. It's mm-hmm. such a good movie. Um, it kind of has like a Adam Sandler and Click feel to it. Like, yeah. Not that he acts like Adam Sandler, but just the 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 subject material and mortality and what you do with your time mm-hmm. and making connections. It's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're on a Will Ferrell kick. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Semi-Pro. That's right. There's a really, really good song in Semi-Pro that um, I'd like to talk about and even sing during this podcast. I'm not going to because <laughs> it's not terribly appropriate. But uh, look up the Semi-Pro soundtrack on YouTube and go through it. And then when you hear it, you'll know it's a song that, we, that I'm talking about right Is now. Is it the one with the horns? It might be. Mm-hmm. It might be. Yeah. Listen to them all. Yeah. Um, Will Ferrell has a voice like honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um. So, uh, we've reached the end. Okay. Um, I'm. Thank you for being on here. Thank you for having this conversation. No doubt. No this doubt. is not going to be a four-hour episode. <laughs> <sighs> Thank God. I'm sure someone will complain that it's not four right, hours. Right. Or that it's. I mean, we're literally thirty seconds shy of ninety minutes. Okay. Um, my next guest on the Just One More Thing podcast. Oh shoot! Who's it going to be? Jenna Zion. And if you think that my experience with the Racine Theater Guild is a shit show and was a royal clusterfuck, just wait till you hear what Jenna Zion has to say about the Racine Theater Guild. Good night.